you've spelunked into the Matt Cave. Man, that level up noise, it's just, it's its becoming more and more a happy noise for me. That If, if you aren't aware, my, my intro, first, thank you all for being here. I appreciate you all spelunking on by. I don't know if I've ever done this, but uh, that noise, that intro noise that you hear, that's the mining sound from World of Warcraft, and then the, the, the level up sound from World of Warcraft. And recently... What I've been doing is I've been I've gotten back into uh, World of Warcraft Classic. Um, I never actually played original World of Warcraft. I didn't. I, I've said this before many times, but I didn't get into World of Warcraft until Wrath of the Lich King, and that was about halfway through the expansion. There is when I got in. So I never really actually played the original. Um, I, I I had a stance that was there's a reason they made the improvements. And it's foolish to go back because the improvements are quality of life improvements. And there are a lot of them. But, you know, I get it. I get why people were so excited about Classic coming back out. Why back in the day there were uh, servers, private servers, where people would play like old patches of the game. I understand it now. Uh, For the past week and a half, I've been playing a lot of World of Warcraft Classic and I've been enjoying it. There's an add-on called Rested XP that a lot of streamers use for hardcore, where it's a self-imposed challenge where if your character dies, they die for good and you have to delete them and start over. Like in a, like a Nuzlocke in Pokemon or hardcore mode in Diablo, uh, they, they put that same rule in for World of Warcraft. I don't do that because I don't think I'd be able to get a character past like level five. Um, but I do use the add-on for leveling, and it makes it so much fun just getting through stuff, and I, I, I've been having a blast. So that's why I'm starting with video games this week, is because I wanted to tell you what that intro sound was from, because I, I don't think I have, I've done that in a hundred and some odd episodes since having that sound at the beginning of my show. So there you go, that's what that's from, and that's what I've been playing recently. Obviously, I've been playing Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It's a fantastic game. My review is a couple weeks ago now, I think, and I, I'm still enjoying it. I play it before I go to sleep every night. It's great. And then we have Diablo 4. So Diablo 4 uh, came out this past week. If you pre-ordered the Ultimate Edition for $100, and honestly... It's standard Diablo fare. Uh, the graphics are much better, obviously. And that's really it as far as... Uh, I'm not terribly deep into the game. Uh, let me put that as a caveat here. I'm, I'm playing a rogue and I'm only level... What did I get to last night? 18 or 19? So I have a long way to go to experience all of it. I'm, I'm going slow in it so I don't burn myself out like I did with Destiny, like I always do with Destiny when a new expansion hits. And I'm not going to do that with Diablo. So I'm taking my time. I'm taking small bites of the apple, uh, a couple hours here and there. But it's fun. I, if you like Diablo, you're going to like this one. So far, I'm not going to do a full review, so I'm not going to give my unique score yet. But so far, I've been enjoying what I've played. And the abilities are cool on the Rogue that I've seen. I've also watched uh, a couple streamers play. I watched um, Tim the Tapman play. Obviously, he's my favorite streamer. 
and he was playing a barbarian. Uh, that one doesn't look uh, my like my way to play the game, but he was having a blast with it. Like he did his longest stream in years playing it, so he was having fun. And yeah, I mean, if you like Diablo, get it. I, don't spend a hundred dollars on it though. Um, I don't do that. I did that for you guys, <laughs> so I would have something to talk about to you today. And it's 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 fun. Um, it's very M-rated. So parents out there, it's very M-rated. Very. So don't, you know, kids shouldn't be playing this one. They, I would I wouldn't put it up on the level of like Grand Theft Auto, but there it's it's called Diablo. So you're gonna have stuff where it's the occult and it's blood magic and sacrifices and screaming and a lot of stuff that's not good for children. Uh under the age of 17. So I'm just going to leave it there for that. Whereas Legend of Zelda, everybody can play that. World of Warcraft, everybody can play that. Diablo, mm, that one's for grown-ups. So there we are with my Diablo early thoughts. It's fun. The graphics look good. I haven't had any connection issues as far as things go, which is kind of unique, but it's not the full launch yet. This is only for the people who spent the extra money to get the Ultimate Edition to play early. So we'll see when the actual full launch comes later this week. <laughs> what happens because it is it's not it is an online game. Like it, it is. You're online. There are common areas you play in in the overworld that, you know, there's public events, which I think is a really neat addition. Um depending on how things go, there might need to be a server shrink because I have not been running into many people at all. A one or two here and there. So that's just the early thoughts. All right. So let's move it on. So that was video games starting off this week because I've been having a ball playing World of Warcraft Classic. I've been enjoying it. I've been solo playing it. Nobody's playing it with me, which is, makes me sad, but I get it. And I wanted to explain, finally explain what that intro sound is. So there you go. All right, let's talk sports now, and let's talk about more rumors, shall we? Man, those hockey rumors and baseball rumors are not going away about those leagues coming to Utah. So in the past month, two months, I swear like three months, like all year, I guess, I've been saying that baseball is more likely to come to Utah than hockey is, and that hockey is more reliant on Salt Lake City getting the Olympics in either 2030 or 2034. And I'm still standing by that by that statement, but it, it seems like there are some more things in motion because of the kerfuffle and the mess that is going on in Arizona surrounding the Arizona Coyotes franchise. And I, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. They can't find funding for an arena. They are currently playing in a 5,000-seat college arena. The arena's name is Mullet Arena. You know, business in the front, party in the back. And they can't even sell that out, apparently. There have been quite a few home games where they can't sell out a 5,000-seat arena. So it's, it feels like the fans have abandoned the, the, the club. And it's kind of like oh, the A's in Oakland. So the latest stuff to come about came about because... My favorite commissioner, Gary Bettman, 
did his state of the league address, which every commissioner does before their championship series slash game. Roger Goodell of the NFL does it on media day at the Super Bowl. Adam Silver just had his before the NBA Finals. Don Garber does his before the MLS Cup Final. And Rob Manfred does his uh, at the start of the World Series. So Gary Bettman uh, follows in the tradition of the other sports by doing it before the puck drops on Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Go Knights, by the way. And he said that he is still aggressively trying to keep a team in Arizona when Arizona has done everything to get the team to move. The populace has voted multiple times against public funding for an arena. Multiple owners have come and gone. The NHL has had to step in and run the team for a couple of seasons. Wayne Gretzky was the coach at one point and got in trouble, if we remember, for gambling. And it's just every step they take, they've been to the playoffs, I think, once in 20 years. So every step they've taken is is the wrong one. And I, would, I don't understand why Gary Bettman... Well, I do understand why Gary Bettman wants to do this is because he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. And he's the worst commissioner in sports, even though Rob Manfred constantly gives him a run for his money with Don Garber a close second there. And it's just stupid. The market doesn't want the team. They don't want your product. Uproot and move. You've done it twice in Atlanta. You've done it in Hartford, Connecticut. Like, the NHL has a history of doing this, so why won't you do it? And he says it's because it's a big market. It's a fast-growing market. The fans want them there. Gary. Gary. Listen. When you can't sell out a 5,000-seat arena to watch a professional hockey team, it's time to move. It's time to move. It's past time to move. So he said they're not going to rule out Atlanta as a spot, even though, well, he didn't say it. It was the head of the NHL Players Association saying that they're not going to rule out Atlanta as a possible landing spot for uh, the Coyotes franchise. And he said it was 1972, that had its own things, and then when the Thrashers were there in the 90s, they said they built the arena in the wrong part of the city, which may be true. I don't know. I've never lived in I've never been to Atlanta, so I I don't know. But twice, they've already moved twice, and it's not baseball, so it's not three strikes or out, but it's close enough. The other... Two major players are Houston, the city of Houston, which is one of the top five city or big top five biggest cities in the country, and then our old little Salt Lake City out here in the mountains. Um, and so th- the latest reporting is from Pierre LeBrun, who used to be the head of hockey reporting for ESPN, and then he moved to the Athletic. And he said there's real there's a realistic option in Salt Lake City potentially waiting. And the reason he says this is because uh, Ryan Smith has had multiple meetings with Gary Bettman as well as the head of the NHL Players Association to talk about what it would be and what it would take to get an NHL team in Salt Lake City. Uh, I know Ryan Smith is aggressively uh, pursuing this. He's wanted a hockey team in Salt Lake City for forever. Even before he was an owner of the Jazz, he was always tweeting about how awesome hockey is and all this, that, and the other. 
So this has been something on his radar for a very long time. And now he's kind of ratcheted up the pressure on Bettman and on the NHL Players Association to get something going. And the the Arizona Coyotes franchise is in a death knell right now. It's just a bunch of death rattles. The city and the state clearly do not want hockey there. And Gary Bettman is stay, is saying he wants to keep it there because he's a petulant little man. And so if, you know, there, there's nothing really left. Like the people have already voted against it multiple times. The ownership group isn't really trying all that hard to find funding to get an arena built. And so it's just Gary Bettman out there blowing hot air. And that's the only reason the Coyotes are staying in Arizona. It's an embarrassment to NHL and to hockey as a whole that you have one of your 31 or 32 franchises playing at a college arena that only sits 5,000. I'm not bashing anything about college hockey. I'm bashing about the size of the arena. It's embarrassing that he wants to keep a team there. And if he does keep a team there, the Coyotes are going to have to play at Mullet Arena for at least four to five years until the new arena gets built. Because they have to find the funding, they have to find the site, they have to find the construction company, they have to find the supplies, they have to get the groundwork, they have to get everything rolling. And that takes a while. The wheels of the government grind slowly. So that's why it takes forever for professional sports teams to move or to get an expansion. So... All of this being said, it's the hard-headedness of Gary Bettman. That's the only reason that the Arizona Coyotes remain in Arizona. For whatever reason, he has it in his little brain that it is a big-time area that deserves a team when the entire history of that franchise suggests otherwise. And when you've only been to the playoffs once in almost two decades at least... There's no fan interest there for you. The fans don't care. And it's not like they were one of the original six franchises, so they have a history, a long-standing history, and people grew up watching the Coyotes. Their grandfather took them to a, a Coyotes game. There isn't any of that when it comes to the Coyotes. So just move them. They don't want to be there. The people of Arizona don't want them there. Move them. And I'm not saying move them to Salt Lake City. Do I think that would be awesome? Yes. Would I support that? 100%. Just move. It's embarrassing. You don't really see you don't see this in any other professional league in America. You don't see it in MLS even. At the beginning, sure. The Real Salt Lake played at Rice-Eccles Stadium. The, the New York Red Bulls played at uh, MetLife Stadium. So there is a history there, but it was a brand spanking new league when they were doing that. And now each of these clubs has their own stadium or is about to get their own stadium if they're splitting time with another franchise. The NHL having to play in a 5,000-seat arena? Even the Maverick Center has more seats than that here in Utah. That's where the Grizzlies play, the the... I said the AHL or the ECHL, wherever they're playing, affiliate of the Colorado Avalanche, has more seats than that. It's a more professional arena than that. So all of this to say Gary Bettman needs to make a decision. And if, you know, past his prologue, as my mom likes to say, she's a history teacher, he's going to keep him there because of his own hardheadedness and his own hubris is going to bite him in the butt. So 
here we are. That's that's really everything to say about the the newest rumors coming from what Gary Bettman said at his State of the League address. And color me unimpressed by anything that man does. All right, moving on. There's nothing really new going on for the baseball expansion rumors to Utah. Um, the big news is that the stadium has funding for the A's move to Vegas, and they're just waiting to start construction, basically. They're just getting, they're dotting I's, crossing T's, all that stuff. That's basically what the holdup is for a stadium in Vegas for the A's to move into here in a couple of years. All right, so that's really it for baseball. Um, let's move on to soccer and Real Salt Lake. I This team confounds me. As you, as you can see in the title, I don't know what to make of this team. Because they were undefeated on their road trip. Great. One draw, a couple wins. Or two draws, a couple wins. Great. Fun. I mean, their last loss came against LAFC when I recorded last week. Which isn't a bad loss. That's the best team in the league. They may, their record may not show it, but they've played five games less <laughs> than St. Louis, who's or than Seattle, who's currently in second in the Western Conference, and two games less than the team who's in first. So they lose three 0 to them. All right, fine, that's expected. RSL doesn't really have talent, right? So they go on this road trip. There's hope building again, right? Didn't lose a game on the road trip. Couple draws, fine. Uh, advanced in the U.S. Open Cup. They come home. They're facing the worst team in MLS in the LA Galaxy. And what do they do? They gave up three goals. Three. To the worst team. A team that has a minus 13 goal differential. My word. And then and then we also like comes back in four four days and they beat Austin, who is just above them who in the in on the table. There's a logjam for the final couple of spots for the playoffs. Real Salt Lake is in the middle of that logjam now because of that stretch they had. So I don't know what to make of this team. I really don't. I don't even know if Pablo Mastroni knows what to make of this team. He's the manager of Real Salt Lake. Because one week, they look fantastic. They're flying around. They win 3-2 against Colorado. And then the next week, they draw with Minnesota. And then the week after that, they have a two-goal lead against LA Galaxy and throw it away. And then the week after that, they beat Austin 2-1, and they look actually pretty good away from home for, you know, maybe that's the key. So this is a very frustrating team to try to figure out. I feel like uh, uh, to give a, a simile here to, to English football, I would say this team is akin to Wolverhampton, where... Wolverhampton was at the start of the year, bottom of the table team. They were afraid they were going to get relegated. Towards the middle of the season, things started to go better. They started to ratchet up some wins and some draws. And they they avoided relegation at the end of the season. I think that's going to be Real Salt Lake. I think they're going to get either barely into the playoffs or they're going to barely miss the playoffs towards the end of the season. But their their season is going to be really close to the Wolves of Wolverhampton over on the on in the English side. Where it's just like week to week, you have no idea. You you have you you don't know what's happening here. And then this week they've got uh, the LA Galaxy again at home um, in the U.S. Open Cup. I would love to see Real Salt Lake go all the way in the U.S. Open Cup and win it. We'll see what happens. I don't know how seriously the Galaxy are taking this this in season tournament. I don't know how seriously the rest of the clubs that are remaining are taking it. 
But I'd love to see Real Salt Lake make this their playoff run for the season and, and lift the cup for the first time ever. So Real Salt Lake has never... They've lifted the Lamar Hunt Trophy once. And that's because they won the cup. And they've never lifted the U.S. Open Cup. So I'd love to see them do that this year. Uh, this is the round of 16. So there's a couple more games after this one if they can beat LA Galaxy. And we'll see what happens from here. But suffice it to say, man, this Real Salt Lake team... I don't know. I really don't know. Because in the past, it was like rely on defense and then counterattack. Rely on Nick Ramondo and Kyle Beckerman and crew to to stop, to, to stymie the attack of the opposing team and then fly out with Joe Alplata and company to to get a, a counterattack goal against the run of play. Like, that was the strategy for Real Salt Lake. Now, the defense isn't that reliable. And there is no guy that can fly down the field like Joel Plata used to be able to do. So this team just confounds. Just always and, and, and completely. And really, that's the show this week. Like, there's not much else to speak about. Um, I do need to issue an apology to Sam Houston State. They are an FBS school. Um, so... It, it, it's not necessarily two FCS teams to start off the season for BYU, but it may as well be because this is Sam Houston's first season on the FBS level. So it may, it may as well be two FCS teams. But officially, I am a, I, I'm offering up an apology to the Cougars of Sam Houston State. They are FBS. Cool. And then the first month of uh, college football does have TV and times. Head over to ESPN.com or wherever you go to find out the schedule. Uh, to give you an idea, BYU kicks off the season against Sam Houston on Fox Sports 1, and Utah kicks off against Florida on ESPN in prime time. So that's pretty darn cool. All right, so that's the episode this week, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening, and I will see you all next week when we spelunk back into the Matt Cave. Take care, everybody.